Well, good morning, everybody. Michael Pupp is here with Father Herb Weber, and today we are celebrating our 150th episode of the 23 podcast. Michael, congratulations. You you made it to the 150. I'm 150. You know, I wish I could have had like balloons and confetti flying across the screen. So the <laughs> sound effects, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. We got very close uh, this morning as I was driving. I had the mass and drove back from church back here. I'm in my house now and public radio was on as it usually is. And they were playing Elgar's pomp and circumstance and the distance from church here was just long enough i was able to to walk out onto the commencement floor two or three times <laughs> and just listen to that music and really it really did uh pump up my spirits i i was thrown back to how many commencements i've gone to over the years not only my own but other people's when i was at bowling green at the university parish maybe three times a year i'd go to commencement and so you just that there's there's something about that music that says this is really special. Yeah, so that's cool. It's a cool piece of music. There was uh, I saw a clip on TV the other day of a high school band director that got out every instrument in the band and individually recorded each part and then dubbed it together to play pop and circumstance for his graduating class. Himself. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> he did it himself. Could, could he keep his own tempo? I think so. You know, through the magic of a metronome, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. So hey, they, we're, go ahead. We're celebrating not just pomp and circumstance, and we're celebrating just not, not just 150. I almost said 150 years. 150 uh, episodes, pod, podcast yep. uh, episodes. But we're also celebrating Ascension this week. Now, if you are listening on Thursday when this gets published, traditionally it's Ascension Thursday, the 40th day after Easter, and of course, 40 is a very significant. A symbolic number in the scriptures. However, in many countries, by the way, holy days have always been regulated by the local countries, not the universal church. Sure. So different countries have different holy days. And uh, the holy day of Ascension Thursday was put onto the, the subsequent Sunday. In this country, I'm going to say maybe about 20 years ago now, so that people could more likely celebrate it to see the the whole connection between uh, the Easter Triduum, Easter Sunday itself, the Easter season, Ascension Thursday, and Pentecost, which is the following week. So uh, we're talking about the readings of the Ascension today. Sure. Uh, sure. A, a biggie and one of my favorites. Speaking of Pentecost, before we dive into the Ascension, I know a lot of people are going to be wondering about our reopening of the church in just a little bit uh, as we get ready to welcome some people back into the church for weekend mass next weekend or next week, I should say on the podcast, we're going to do kind of a more in-depth overview of kind of our plans and the procedures that are going to be in place. We've done a lot of um, research and discussion and, and trying to, to do what we think is going to be safe um, for everyone. And so next week on the podcast, we're going to do kind of a special episode going through those. But we are actually going to uh, tomorrow, so Wednesday, May 20th, we'll be sending out those procedures so people can start to look at them. Uh, and then we'll discuss those more in depth on the podcast next week. So it'll kind of be rolled out over the next week and a half as we get ready for that reopening for the weekend of Pentecost. Anything you want to say about that, Father? I just want to say it's been one of the biggest challenges we've had since we started the parish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're really working between two good things. 
One is to allow people to come back into church, not just to receive the Eucharist, but also to be physically present to the celebration. The other good thing is to keep people safe. Right. Right. This pandemic is far from over, and we have to take all the precaution in the world. And so we're, we're going very slowly. In fact, I am willing to say that some people will see our guidelines and say, why are you being so much stricter than some other parish? Uh, this is who we are. And as Michael just said, we're really trying to continue to keep everybody safe. And uh, I see it as a very slow, intentionally slow reentry. Um, this, you know, church is all about assembly. And assemblies, it's not just God and me. It's assembly is about people. And if you've noticed, all of the assemblies are really still being restricted. We do not have people at sporting events. We do not have people uh, at concerts or at stage plays. Uh, we do not have people in big crowds. And so we have to be extremely careful, both in the number we allow, but also uh, how we do it. And I don't mind telling people, if you are doubtful as to whether or not you should come, listen to that doubt. Sure. You know, sure. there, there, there is still going to be time to become part of the community again. We're not trying to keep people away, but we're trying to pe tell people, take your time. This is transition. It's not, it will be, someday we will be celebrating fully again, but that might be months, who knows, maybe years. Well, and I know quite a few people have asked, especially people actually that have kind of joined our community virtually over the last eight, nine weeks that didn't really know John the 23rd prior to COVID-19. People have been asking, are you going to still stream your masses? And the answer is, of course we will. We always have and we will. Uh, the plan will be that we'll continue to stream the 10 a.m. mass on Sunday so that we can continue to gather as community uh, on Sunday mornings, even virtually. Okay. Uh, let's stop right there because we will be talking about it. We want people to read uh, what is being sent out. And please read it thoroughly. Don't just uh, look across the page and say that. <laughs> yeah, you put a lot of time every, into it. Every word was written cautiously and rewritten. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time. I wrote this final draft. You'll see but, You'll see the blood blood on the paper of his, <laughs> his crying. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the Ascension, and I'm excited because the actual uh, description of the Ascension is not in the Gospel, at least not in the Gospel of Matthew, which we have. Yeah. We're finding yeah. back to Matthew, you're Matthew, but it's in the Acts of the Apostles. So I asked Michael to read the last part of the Acts of the Apostles so we can talk about uh, the Ascension per se, and then I'm going to read the Gospel shortly after that. So Michael, take it away. Cool. I'll set this up by saying that we um, we start with the Acts of the Apostles, and it's chapter 1, verse 1, where it starts this weekend. I'm going to skip ahead about halfway through, uh, but this weekend when you hear it proclaimed at Mass, it's going to be right from the beginning of Acts of the Apostles, which we've been kind of journeying through all throughout this Easter season. So here's about the from halfway through what you'll hear this Sunday. When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
When he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven. The word of the Lord. You were waiting for me to say that, weren't you? I was waiting for you to say the word of the Lord. The, Go the, ahead. The word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Okay. A um, couple of the important things to keep in mind is the first thing is about the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is written by Luke. Luke's gospel is part one. The Acts of the Apostles is Luke's part two. Sure. The first sequel. And he talks about the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that drove Jesus into the desert uh, at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, the same Holy Spirit that we reflect on, empowered, you know, was visible there when Jesus' baptism. Uh, so it's like definitely saying Acts of the Apostles is part two as the Spirit guided was present through Jesus' life, the Spirit is now present with Jesus' followers. That's the important thing for us. We are those followers. And so it, it is really uh, a beautiful thing. And then it says, you will be witnesses. And of course, a witness is not just somebody like, oh, I, I saw that. I saw, I saw what Jesus did. You know, it's, a witness is somebody who embodies it, uh, who, you know, especially scripturally, a witness is a very profound person you know they they stand up and give testimony they're willing to say you know i i saw this with my own eyes and i'm putting myself out there uh that you will believe it too well even there's a step in between i saw it with my own eyes and it has become part of me Hmm. that's how so you don't just believe my words you believe me that i am the embodiment of it sure and then the, the the next section is when Jesus ascends into heaven. I love when the, the two men, the supposed whoever, angels, they say, why are you standing there looking at the sky? <laughs> yeah, it's like, get down to, get get back to work. You know, the angel has one bad day and he's quoted for eternity in Acts of the Apostles. No, I don't think it's a bad day. I think he's like finally correcting them. It's sort of like the the, the boss that tells the people, Remember when we said uh, you're working from home and you heard the word home, I heard the word work. You know, you keep bringing that up. I'm really trying not to take that personally. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about us at our church. I'm talking about uh, people. You're working from home. Does What does it? What do people hear? Oh, I'm going to be at home. I can be in my jammies all day. Uh, but I, I think we're saying you're working remotely. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, Again, I feel I'm feeling very pressured whenever we have this conversation. I well, see, I, I tried out that line on you too many times, and so other people haven't heard it. So you're you're just very self conscious. Would you like to talk about it? Well, maybe once we get off the <laughs> if, podcast. Yeah, you know, confession is good for the soul, Michael. <laughs> it is. I like the sacrament of confession. Okay, are we ready now for the gospel? Because I, I am. This, this gospel, uh, although it doesn't directly talk about the ascension. It is probably one of the most significant passages in the in the church. Church, I mean, church universal of all denominations 
in terms of evangelization because it has what's called popularly called the Great Commission. Yeah. That is used and it's used a lot by people. That is embodied in this passage. And the gospel this week is rather short. Are we ready? I is ready. The you read the very beginning of Acts of the Apostles. I'm reading the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. So they're on the mountain. They've gone to the mountain, but it doesn't talk about Jesus ascending so much as his last words. Go out and do something, but you're doing it in my name. You're preaching the gospel. You're baptizing in the name of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Every year when we get ready for RCIA and people come in and I ask the question, have you been baptized? Because a number of people are baptized in different denominations. Some were active in other churches, some were not. But I always ask if they're baptized. And the majority usually say yes. And then I ask, were you baptized with water and in the name of the Trinity? And almost every uh, mainline uh, church uses the Trinity, but not all. I've had a couple of occasions over the years where somebody says, no, my pastor said I'm just baptized into the oneness of God. They went out of his way to say, you know, he was avoiding the Trinity. He was, it was just not something he, they were professing. Why so, would a why would a church do that? I'm curious. Well, it was I don't know. It was some of the part of their belief, and it was a uh, probably kind of a non denominational church of some sort that this person grew up in. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly know. I don't know the whole theology, and I certainly have not talked to the pastor. You're but not, see, we, you haven't done we, 150 episodes of a podcast with him. That's for sure. Yeah, but you know, we would we sort of take it for granted. I baptize, and I pour the water three times: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I like to think when I'm doing that, I am part of this great commission. But I'll, but it's really even bigger than that. It's the commission is also to share the good news. Baptism is not the only part of it. Uh, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So I really think of that as so exciting that you're, you're being sent out. And over the years... I don't know how it's done now anymore, but over the years I've talked to missionaries and it's a very exciting time when they find out which country they might be going to. Now they may have been preparing for it, especially studying a particular language, but so they, they even call it, they received their mission. My mission might be to uh, St. John the 23rd, or my mission might be to uh, San Lucas Toliman in Guatemala, but whatever it is, they receive a mission but it's always the the commission. I'm going out in the name of Jesus and in the name of the church. Did you see what closing song we're singing this weekend? Uh, go out? No, I send you out. I send you out. Because we haven't had a baptism for a very long time. That. Oh, that is the name of the song we do at baptisms. Yeah, that's the when you're carrying the baby around. So my thought yeah. was, while 
I'm singing the closing song. You could come up to the piano and pick me up and then carry me no, out with you. No, that's I, that would break social distance. Oh, <laughs> oh likely oh. excuse. I could have a cutout of you. <laughs> That'd be much lighter, that's for sure. Yeah. But, I, you know, as I was planning Mass, I thought, you know what? We haven't had a baptism for a while. I, I did think about doing Go Out, Go Out. Uh, but I Send You Out was just calling to me only because I, I love that line that we sing at the end of the refrain and know that I am with you always until the end of the, we sing to the end of the world in the song, in the scripture. And to the end of the age. Yeah. Well, I, I love, I love that too. What does that really mean to you? You know, I'm with you always until the end of the age. I find great strength in that, especially right now yeah. going through yeah. COVID, you know, we have to take the long view. It's not about this week or next week or Pentecost going back to church or a wedding that might take place in July or November, or, you know, what's going to be like. We will work through every single detail as we go and we have to look ahead. But at the same time, we have to almost like remove ourselves and look down on the earth, not from 10,000 feet or 35,000 feet. We have to look in terms of ages or years and we have to say what are we going to be like next year at this time two years from this this time you know what are we going to be like five years from now and i think we we have recovered from a whole lot of the the acute pain but it, it's a matter of rebuilding it really is that we have to uh not just survive but as you said some people have come aboard only by watching us uh, from our masses being streamed, we have to reach out to them too, uh, especially people who maybe are watching because they've not been going to church before, and this this is a new discovery for them. You talk about you know five years okay. from now. It reminds me of a, a meme I saw online the other day that said so. Basically, in 2015, when everybody was asked where do they see themselves in five years, nobody got it right. <laughs> <laughs> How true, how true. And I've done that. I've asked people sometimes, engaged couples, where do you see yourself in five years? And, and of course- What do they normally say? Oh, and of course they say, the, oh, we'll be in our profession, we'll have a good job, we'll have our own house. And I would say, okay, now that's what you want. Now, sure. what do you sure. really think is going to happen? Um, you know, talking, you know, knowing that uh, Jesus gives us those words that, you know, know that I am with you always. I think part of that too, that I I've learned- through what we've been doing the last couple of months is that we have to let go of control or try to let go of what we think is control. You know, I think where a lot of our anxiety and our stress comes from is situations that we want to control yet we have no control, absolutely no control over. But if we can take, fe uh, take refuge and comfort in the fact that Jesus promises us that he is with us through it all. And how many times does he say it in so many different ways, whether it's, you know, Jesus says it, uh, into in this weekend's gospel for Matthew. Just last week, he said to us, I will not leave you orphans. I will send you another advocate, the spirit of truth. Like It's like, I'm not even going to just give you myself. I'm going to give you like multiple ways so that you know that I am with you. I am with you always. Um, that, But we at the same time have to be careful. We don't think of Jesus just as a a, uh, a warm, fuzzy comforter or, you know, the security blanket. Sure. It. I am with you, guiding you, leading you, and maybe challenging you. So, uh, again, if you take the idea of mission or commission, you're being sent forth, 
a lot of unknowns. I, I wrote in the bulletin for this coming Sunday about ordination because this this weekend's the anniversary of my ordination. And um, happy anniversary! Was, thank you for forty six years. Yeah, you don't have to give a you don't have to give a gift for forty six. Okay. Okay. Whew. Okay. Uh, you have to give forty six gifts. <laughs> No, what, what, but uh, what I wrote was I said, I've always seen life, and I've certainly seen my priestly ministry as an adventure, but I didn't know it would be this adventurous. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like beyond uh, expectation. And these are not easy. This is one of the hardest experiences I've had. And I think anybody who doesn't admit that probably hasn't really thought the whole thing through because we're some, sometimes so busy just keep on going, taking care of people that we don't have the opportunity to sit back and reflect. But that's why I find strength in looking at the, the big picture and the the high, the long distance, the, the big view of the whole thing. And the fact that, you know, we're in this together. You know, Jesus wisely chose you know, the apostles to be in community together. And he said that he was not leaving them, that he would always be with them. And the fact that we as community have one another, I, you know, I can say through my experience through this, our community at St. John the 23rd has been a lifeline for the last two months. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know what? I, I've said this before, but I have to say people are wonderful. I reach out and call people, but people call me too, uh, out of the blue sometimes. And, I love it when people call a second or third time. You know, in fact, you, know, some you, never, are, you never say that to me. You don't actually usually answer. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't call me. <laughs> I see you every week on podcasts. That's true. That's, yeah. Uh, the, the, let me make a connection then. So in the first reading, Acts of the Apostles, when the angel said, why are you looking up to the sky? That's not the place to look. We have to be about the ministry of the, the Great Commission Oh, yes, maybe we have, we know our long-range goal is the heavenly kingdom and living in the kingdom with God. But meanwhile, what are we doing right here and right now? And so it's a both and. It's like the everybody knows the chameleon is famous for changing colors. But the other thing about the chameleon is the, the two eyes are independent of each other. Yeah. So yeah. one eye looks ahead and the other one looks right down on the ground what's going on around and that's what we have to be. You know, somebody said to me yesterday that she said, I can't just stay at home during this and not help other people. I, I, I feel the, the need and the desire to be with people and to help them in times of crisis. And I think that is a great summary of the Great Commission, that intrinsic, uh, instinctual way, uh, way that we just want to help others you know, and, and doing it with the gifts and the talents that God gives us. You know, we are one body but many parts with all different unique gifts and talents. It's like the person I saw the other day. I was looking through the window at the nursing home and uh, the woman inside, and I was able to talk to her through the window. And she was in great fear and agony because she was dying of COVID. And I was safe outside. Her husband was eight, ten feet behind me, but he had been standing at the window as well. Mm. But next to this woman was a a young woman, completely garbed with all the PPE, but she was holding the elderly woman's arm and rubbing it and just consoling her. And I thought, I don't know who this person is, but what she's doing is heroic in my mind. She is right there with the dying person 
and offering uh, consolation and comfort when nobody else is able to be there. Beautifully said. Well, Father, that's going to—that's twenty-three minutes. That's the one hundred fiftieth twenty-three-minute podcast. And what do we call our we call our podcast twenty-three podcast or tw- podcast twenty-three? The, well, maybe after fifty more episodes, you'll get this. So, <laughs> hey, I want to leave everybody with a quote uh, that struck me earlier today as we were talking about um, control. And I saw another church post this earlier today, and the quote was this, Sometimes all you can do is accept that there's not much you can do, and sometimes all you can control is how well you let go of control. And I'm I'm going to say amen. (laughs) You always end with amen. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on the 23 Podcast. Hey, Father, let's do another 150. What do you say? Okay, one at a time. And now it's my turn to say amen. Amen. Okay. (laughs) 